Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dictations. I'm sitting here with Dr. Rogers. Dr. Rogers, how are you doing? Great, Ben. How are you? I am wonderful. Um, we're recording this uh, during the holiday, and uh, I put a, a post on Facebook um, asking, you know, some of our some of the people that follow our page um, what questions they might have for you, and I thought we'd take the time today just to to go over a few of those questions. So if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you a few questions. You just kind of, you know, answer as you see fit, kind of giving the audience as much value as possible. Wonderful. Okay, so I'm going to start off with a question, uh, this question from Facebook, um, and the question is, I have been reading up on BHRT, which is Bioidentical Hormone Replacement Therapy, but I would have, but I would have thought a side effect would be weight loss instead of weight gain, since it helps with menopause symptoms. Is weight gain common um, with BHRT? No, not if you do it right. Um, you know, there's an answer with... Um, when you look at everything, again, you've got to combine what you're eating, how much you're exercising, your sleep patterns, your stress levels. But basically, um, with bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, you should, if anything, lose weight. A lot of times, if you get that estrogen to progesterone ratio off, then you can gain weight. I've seen a lot of people get too much progesterone, and weight gain will be a side effect of that. So if you look at all the ratios and you know, do it right, um, you should lose weight. You should actually build muscle, which burns belly fat, and so you should have a better body, not a worse body. It just needs tuning up and evaluation. Are the, are the ratios different for every individual person? Um, they are, but you're, you're really shooting for about a 10 to 1 ratio of estrogen to progesterone, so in that ratio matters. In a woman? Yeah, in a woman. Okay. Uh, next question is, uh, do you recommend hormone creams? I've read that added progesterone, that adding progesterone could help with depression symptoms instead of taking depression medication. Well, sure, I recommend hormones. I mean, you know, most people that I see um, that are depressed, especially men for some reason, they come in and they've been put on Prozac when the real problem was they had low testosterone very very common in men i just hardly ever see a middle-aged man really depressed he usually has low t and that's what works for him and women same thing um you know women need four hormones they're a lot more complex than men but um, testosterone being one of them and i think that's a key hormone for women is testosterone it, of course i recommend uh, hormone evaluation and treatment um you know some people may need an antidepressant i'm not saying that but um definitely look at your hormones if you're moody or depressed or grumpy or um any of that you need to look at your hormones all right we're going to move on here i'm going back to the facebook page um there is it's more of a statement but also a question what are what is dr rogers opinions on resveratrol, metformin, and rapamycin, etc. as longevity agents. And you might want to repronounce that. Well, that's pretty good. Resveratrol is a vitamin. It's an it's a really potent antioxidant that you get from grapes. That's why people think red wine is good for you. But um, yeah, I love resveratrol. It's one of those anti-aging uh, pathways that you can use um so that's certainly one of the vitamins that i take um 
you'd have a hard time getting enough resveratrol by drinking wine. So just take a capsule. Um, um, as far as metformin, I take that, as you well know, uh, a low dose because um, it regulates insulin levels and brings down glycation, which is kind of sugar coating of your arteries. And uh, So metformin's been proven to be a great anti-aging supplement as well as an anti-cancer supplement and um, people lose weight on it um, some people get a little GI upset from it but if you get in the right dose it usually doesn't happen um, rapamycin that's something that I've been studying for the last year and uh, hopefully this coming year will be the year when I start to use rapamycin on myself and my patients um, there's a thing called mTOR mammalian target of rapamycin rapamycin is an interesting drug it was discovered on Easter Island uh, about 10 or 15 years ago by these geneticists and it's it's really found to be a, a great anti-aging tool and it's a very complex thing to understand but um, rapamycin is a drug that we use for uh, people that have had a, an organ transplant to uh, prevent the, the rejection of the organ. And what they found out is that people live longer with rapamycin. And there are certain enzymes that will inhibit uh, the mammalian target of rapamycin, mTOR, that actually can can help you it all has to do with the body's stress response and the growth response there are times when you need um, not growth but repair so when you inhibit mTOR um, it kind of stimulates the clearing of senescent cells in your body um, and folding of proteins it's kind of gets complex but um, so Anyway, why can't you just take rapamycin instead of taking these uh, inhibitors of rapamycin? Like um, one of them is the fasting state. That's why we really encourage people to do at least intermittent fasting. I saw on the news last night where it's big news. Um, we think that the uh, New England Journal of Medicine just came out with an article about how good intermittent fasting is for you for weight loss and longevity. You know, we've been kind of preaching that for a long time, um, as is the case with a lot of things we do. We're just kind of ahead of the curve. By the time it hits mainstream medicine, like last night on NBC News, you know, we've been doing it for five or maybe ten years. That's why you don't need to wait for FDA approval of everything you do in medicine, um, but getting off the subject. But in any event, um, there are things that are mTOR inhibitors like um, uh, certain, like NAD plus and um, NR nicotinamide riboside. Those are supplements I certainly take. AMPK is another one. So there's a lot of circuits for anti-aging. And rapamycin is something that um, I'll probably be using a lot of. There, there are some side effects. Uh, the most common one would be stomatitis or mouth sores. So, um, you know, I'm going to have another podcast on how to prevent canker sores in the near future. Um, but um, 
you know, maybe increasing your sugar level. So it's something I'm certainly going to be looking into, and it's certainly off-label, but it's something that I think is going to be a good thing for people to uh, prevent aging, at least tone down your aging response. Before we move on, can you explain for those who don't know what an mTOR inhibitor is and why that's important in anti-aging? Well, like I was explaining, um, mTOR is that pathway that um, kind of stimulates growth, but at times our body needs repair and for that growth to slow down, slow down cell division and um, clear out old cells that need to be cleared out. So that's what's meant by inhibiting mTOR. Um, and there are certain substances that do that. And one of the main things, again, is, is fasting. Hmm. Prolongs life. All right. So we're going to move on to the next one. Uh, Dr. Rogers, uh, any thoughts on helping treat macular disease? Well, macular degeneration is a disease of aging. And I'm not an ophthalmologist, so I'm not an expert in uh, macular degeneration. But I know that certain antioxidants can help uh, prevent macular degeneration. Again, a lot of what we do in performance medicine is to try to prevent those things, those diseases of aging, and that's certainly one of them. Um, You know, it's just interesting. I was reading not long ago that um, certain things you do for your body are just terrible for it, like smoking comes to mind as being the worst thing you can do, then obesity. But here's an interesting thing. Smoking will increase your risk of Uh, cancer by five times being age 50 aging will increase your risk of cancer by a hundred times being age 85 will increase your risk of cancer by a thousand times so what we need to be doing in medicine is researching and treating the causes of aging because you know we look at aging as a um, disease process you know, it's not normal to break down like our bodies break down. So there's a lot of stuff you can do. And I firmly believe that people are going to be living to 120 routinely in the next in our lifetimes. Definitely in your lifetime, hopefully my lifetime. Yeah, it's interesting how, you know, if you treat or if you kind of go with this anti-aging mindset, uh, how all the other things kind of are taken care of by that. I think that's what you're talking about and what we're doing at Performance Medicine is because we're treating these age-related diseases, um, that's what's keeping us healthy in a way. Does that make sense? That's right. I used to hate the term anti-aging medicine. You know, I got my board fellowship and certification by the American Academy of Anti-Aging, and I didn't really like that term so much, but now I've come to like it because that's what we're trying to fight is the degenerative aging process in itself so I firmly believe in it and it's, it encompasses all these different things that we're doing from the way you eat to the way you fast the way you exercise the way you sleep what supplements you take even your you know your social relationships and um, meditation yoga um, you know hot yoga and all all these things that we recommend and that we do ourselves to help us uh, age in a great way we're all going to die but we want to 
you know, live as long as we can healthy and not, you know, it's not the lifespan, it's the health span where, which is a span of life that you feel great and are active. The lifespan means nothing because if you spend the last 10 years of your life, you know, in a nursing home or decrepit, can't move, can't think, then it's no good. You'd rather be dead. So what we're talking about and focusing on is health spans, and that's our mission for our patients. Yeah, we, I was, you and I were talking about the the book, The End of Alzheimer's, and uh, as you were talking about it and putting it in simple terms, it seems like if you try to prevent Alzheimer's, you also prevent a whole bunch of other stuff. And and I like the idea of being able to focus on one thing that takes care of a whole other, like a slew of other diseases. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly right. That's why you have to look at the whole person, not just any one particular disease, because they're really kind of all interrelated. And, you know, one thing that's good for you is going to be good for preventing these other things that right. could happen to you, like autoimmune disease and arthritis and you know losing muscle mass as you as you get older all right we got one more question then we're gonna uh shut this down um what helps gout um well you know certain people are predisposed to get gout um uh you know certain foods can cause gout like some shellfish seafood red meats um, it seems to be uh, a marker also for metabolic syndrome. So being overweight can, I, I, most of the patients I see with gout are a little bit overweight or a lot overweight. You know, we follow the uric acid level. So, and there is a medicine that we use called allopurinol if you have high uric acid levels and have a lot of gout attacks. So, you know, just looking at the things that might precipitate gout like overeating anything um so you know uh hopefully that'll help and if anybody needs help in managing gout you know be sure to see us at the office well dr rogers we're going to wrap it up with that question um i want to remind everybody who's listening we are we're wanting to do more question and answer podcast episodes so if you want to submit a question all you got to do is email me at ben at performancemedicine.net or uh, I'm going to shoot out a couple of these posts a week just to, to allow people the opportunity to comment and uh, ask their question on Facebook. Um, you can do that as well. So, uh, Dr. Rogers, thank you for your time. Thanks, Ben. Happy yeah. New Year. Happy New Year. We'll see you next week. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. We really appreciate you being here. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast or given us a rating, please do. Uh, it helps us be found by by more people that are just like you and interested in these health topics. Um, if you have any any questions, anything you want us to talk about on the podcast, any uh, health health and wellness topics, uh, please don't hesitate to shoot me an email. My email is ben at performancemedicine.net. I would love to hear from you, any feedback you have, uh, any cool insights you've gotten, and any questions you have. Um, we'd love to take those, take those questions uh, as we're starting to do a, more and more Q&A type shows. So anyways, thank you again for being here, and we will see you guys next time.